Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to JoJo's Journey. It's JoJo. Today's episode is about coping with the loss of a parent. And I have a special guest today, one of my great friends, Christine. Hi, Christine. Hi, everyone. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much for joining in for today's topic. Uh, I know it's not always the easiest to talk about, but I think, you know, I've said in the past, if we can kind of reach out to anyone out there who is going through whatever uh, top, you know, journey they've had on their own, and if they can learn from my experiences as well as my friends' experiences, then it's a good thing for, for that. Okay. So Christine and I have known each other uh, since 2009, I think. It's, oh, God, has it been that long? It's been that long. So we've we've actually hit the 10-year mark. Ooh, Congratulations. We never, we never <laughs> celebrate our 10-year friendsery. <laughs> I know. It's okay. When everything dies down, we'll, we'll kind of... Um, get together and 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 do that to commemorate that because it's it's not just you and me that are uh great friends um through our nursing school but also there was two other girls that we were you know we were kind of like a little clique back then um <laughs> I still remember our um one of our first outings we were playing tennis <laughs> oh, we were playing yeah. doubles tennis <laughs> Um, <laughs> it was you, me, Amy, Natasha, and, you know, um, and I'll admit it myself, but, um, they were making fun of me cause I was like playing like a real tennis player. And when I say real tennis player, I'm not talking about the quality of my play, but more so like my sound effects. So I, I don't know. What's the name of that tennis player that, that makes all the grunts? Um, Serena. Serena Wilson, Williams? Serena Williams. Oh, but even before that, wasn't there like a Russian one as well? Oh, Maria Sharapova? Yeah, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, Thank so you. it's funny because I make, make all these like great grunts, but it's not like it was like really powerful plays. It was more like to every play <laughs> that I was swinging Oh, uh, they were pretty powerful. <laughs> I remember getting hit by a ball. <laughs> Yeah, I just, I didn't know the strength of my grunt and maybe the strength of my swim. I mean, swing. So um, thank you guys for that. I will always remember that forever memory. Uh, one thing I remember, too, from that um, instance is I remember we were looking at each other and we're like, yeah, let's get more active in school in terms of, um, what is it? Um, school government. And then we were kind of telling each other, okay, you be this, you be this, you'll be secretary, you'll be treasurer, you'll be, what was the other one? Uh, secretary. And I, and I was public relations. Public relations. And then, um, yeah, and then I was like, oh, and jokingly, I was like, I'll be, and I'll be president. And then lo and behold, like, I think a year and a year and a half to afterwards, we, you know, they were doing elections for school government for the nursing school. And we ran. And we campaigned together. We campaigned together. We um, we won. <laughs> and we were all on um, the board together. And uh, what was great about that is that we could get along not only as friends and colleagues, but also, you know, how we wanted to affect change if we could or at least empower the nursing body at that time. So... 
um, that was a great experience. I really enjoyed it. I hope you guys don't have any like hitting anger towards me. <laughs> no, I thought it was fun. Yeah, because we were able to attend conventions together and, you know, mm -hmm. um, talk about those and, and see how the other nursing schools were going through their programs and kind of commiserate um, about that. And, and we got through it. Um, it's something that we were able to even add on to our resumes and hopefully it helped, you know, when, mm -hmm. when um, companies or hospitals were uh, hiring. So with that being said, um, we, you know, we graduated after that in 2012. We started our own lives, you know, but every now and then we got together to, uh, the four of us would get together um, Frequently, in the in the beginning, it was frequently, and then you know as time passed on, it start you know the 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 times when we would get together would became a little farther um, because of our schedules and whatnot. But for the most part, when we did get together, it was if nothing changed, mm -hmm. time didn't change, and we were kind of there for each other during like the important marked events of our lives and. And all of that. So, I mean, I remember you and Werner, which is your significant other, attending my um, master's program graduation. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. With my family. It was like an intimate yeah. kind of group of us. And, you know, to have you and Werner there to witness that, that was wonderful. So thank you again for coming. <laughs> oh, we wouldn't have missed it. And then we have our, our annual Christine birthday um, celebrations, uh, for the most part, it started to become tradition. It was something. I know, which we missed this year. I know. COVID, I know. Okay. And those were the ones where we would go out to Palm Springs and Christine would um, procure a, a house, making sure that there was a pool and a barbecue. Those were the mm -hmm. two essentials. And of course, rooms, enough rooms. Yeah, that, and way rooms. We, that way we weren't like, you know, sardine style. But we were always comfortable, and I remember the last one you had, you even was so thoughtful enough to have, um, uh, what is it, um, slippers for us. I mean, mm -hmm. imagine if you did that again this year, COVID style, you would probably have hand sanitizers, mask. <laughs> um, it would have been too much. Yeah, it's, already, it, it's already a fiasco. <laughs> yeah, but it was a group, I mean, even then it was, it was a, uh, intimate group too I don't think we were more than 20 right mm, last year I think we were more than 20 oh we were because yeah. we did have some people stop in and there but mm -hmm. in the beginning we were way less than 20 oh yeah we were yeah. and then I guess as years you know added on you picked up more friends from different places <laughs> <laughs> so so I got to meet them and then I, there were the regulars that I would see from the very beginning like hey how you been since then and then that was a great time to catch up so uh, that was that was something um, I look forward to in the future. Um, oh, I'm excited! Yeah. I missed it this year, and a lot of people even like message. Oh my God, I didn't get to catch up with so and so. <laughs> yeah, and you know, a lot. Speaking of uh, the pandemic and COVID, a lot of things have been um, rescheduled. You know, not mm -hmm. that life has been rescheduled, but more like the events in our lives have been rescheduled. And, you know, with that being said, um, Christine, you had an upcoming wedding that was scheduled for the fall, uh, this fall, actually, right? And you, you know, obviously in the very beginning in March, it was pretty obvious that those wedding venues were going to be canceled until further notice. 
But then you think, you know, back then you're feeling that your wedding was in the fall. What were you thinking? Were you thinking, oh, it's definitely get canceled or is there a chance, you know? Well, in the beginning, we were very optimistic because we were like, well, you know, they're making everybody wear masks. And we kind of saw New York um, get off the high risk area. But it shifted in like June when people started changing their minds about the mask. They thought that it was their right. So when we started to see the uptrend again, and because me and Werner both worked in the hospital, we kind of saw that the numbers weren't going down. Mm-hmm. And we ultimately made the decision in, I would say, like late July, early August, that because our wedding was in October, that, and we have a lot of friends that work in healthcare, and we didn't want to put our family members and other friends at risk. So we just made the decision to just postpone it to next year. Right. Um, but we still plan to get married civilly this year. Oh, wonderful. If yeah. you have a chance to kind of, um, televise it or simulcast it i'd love to kind of join in on that i don't know if you have anything oh we haven't planned anything but yeah if we do then i'll let you know that would be great i'd love to be it's kind of like reminds me of that i don't know if you've ever watched sex in the city that the movie um Mm -hmm. they you know they had planned this lavish wedding and then they just ended up getting in um uh, married in in city hall and it was kind mm-hmm. of their own they designed it their own way because after that they had like um pancakes after with their nearest and dearest so you know if you want you ever want to take a spin off that that would <laughs> that's a good idea i know right <laughs> at least just kind of have a little little mini party of course under quarantine guidelines or pandemic yeah. guidelines you know less than 10 and all of that and it's funny you mentioned not funny but um you know i wanted to go more into yours and warner's positions you obviously are are both nurses but you're also frontline nurses you know you are working with covid patients and i can only understand the the stress that that is you know from my own experience but you and warner are are bedside you know so that's got to be even harder because it's 12 hours in the, you know, garb that you have to wear and all the guidelines that you have to adhere to. So thank you um, for all your service and, and all of that. I know it, it can get on our, you know, side conversations, it can get kind of frustrating. Yeah, it's, it's frustrating. It's emotional. It's just everything hits you all at the same time. Yeah. So... I wish you guys, um, you know, continued strength and all of that. Um, And, you know, the fact that you um, are making the tough decision to postpone is not only a test of your your guys' character, but also um, your testimony to your your strength and your endurance throughout this whole, and hope, you know, you have hope Mm -hmm. that it's going to happen. It's just not going to be at this time. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of um, hope and testimony and character, that leads us into the topic of today and um, about losing a parent. Um, As I mentioned to you guys in the past, I lost my father and it almost felt like my timeline had changed. It almost felt like things or events that happened was around 
you know, always circumnavigated around the death of my father. I would tell myself, was this around the time dad was alive or was this around the time dad passed? And, you know, um, it, it was hard. It changed me in so many ways. Uh, but one thing it showed me was um, my resilience that I didn't give enough credit to. So Christine uh, went through a similar path prior to me. And I leaned on Christine um, certain times when I needed the most. And she was able to impart some stuff for me that can kind of help me anticipate the process. And of course, never really, you know, uh, help you get through it, but, you know, coping mechanisms here and there. So Christine, um, go ahead and tell us a little bit about your story. Uh, who you lost and how long ago? Um, so it's actually coming up on four years this year. So yeah. my mom actually passed away in November of 2016. Mm -hmm. um, she had a history of breast cancer and it had come back. Um, and by the time that it came back, we realized that it had spread to her lungs, her liver, and her bone, which is probably the most painful for her. Um, so she did the whole chemo. She did radiation. She she tried. She wanted to try everything. So we did that, and I think by like October of 2016, I kind of saw like the decline in her health rapidly. Mm -hmm. So I knew it was coming, but at the same time, I didn't know it was going to happen that quickly. Mm -hmm. um, it was probably the most, like, I might get emotional about it. That's okay. It was, prob it was probably the most difficult time in my life. Yeah, I can I can definitely relate to that because it's, you know, you you see your your parents or your parent at that time going through an ailing progressive disease. Mm -hmm. And as a healthcare worker, you can kind of anticipate um, certain things that are going to happen right before and, and whatnot. And you have a sense of kind of preparing yourself in in a little bit of a way, but mm -hmm. but. You can never be prepared as much as you think, you know, you, you've planned for. It's, it's, it's a marked and life-changing thing for you that at that point, you're just, you said, wait a minute, I, I knew this was, you kind of rationalized with yourself, I knew this was going to happen, but the timing was very, very off, you know. I mean, not off, but um, still, still a surprise. Mm -hmm. Still a surprise. I remember for me, um, you know, I had an inkling when I was helping dad into his bed. And I remember I had laid him down. See, I'm going to get emotional now. I had laid him down. And I think I thought to myself, wow, doesn't look good. You know, doesn't look good. Um, but I can never, you know, didn't I. It, you can never guesstimate, oh, it's going to happen in a week, it's going to happen. He still has a few more weeks or he still has a few more months or whatnot. Because really the timing, you could, no doctor, no specialist can ever really get right. 
you know. Uh, yeah. They can have an approximation, but it's really the timing of something even greater, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I remember the the last time I saw him, uh, I had said, I love you, Dad, I love you, I love you, I love you. And I was so emphatic about it, you know. Um, I mean, I, I tell my dad I love you every chance I got, you know. But for that reason, for that time, for some reason, I didn't know why, but there was just something that came over me that told him, I love you, you know, and I was even stroking his hair, kissing his forehead. Mm-hmm. And then I, um, at that time, I had an apartment, and so I had a caregiver, procured a caregiver who knew the process and, and whatnot, and I was staying with them, my parents, for a while because I didn't feel like dad was kind of stable. So I um, that that night I was like, okay, I think tonight I'll kind of just go and um, since you're here, I'll go and, and I'll come back tomorrow. And the caregiver's like, yeah, I got it. He's stable now. Everything's going good, you know, and whatnot. And, you know, um, I stayed the night in my apartment. I was, you know, tidying up. It's been a while since I was there. And I had planned to come back that night. And I remember, Christine, do you remember? I went to breakfast with you and Werner. Yeah, I remember. That morning. <laughs> and I had just told you guys, like, Dad's doing good, you know, stable or whatnot. I remember when people always ask me, how's Dad? I, you know, I didn't want to jinx it, and I didn't want to say he's doing really good or, or whatnot. There was that, you know, there's that super superstitious part of me that would say, like, he's stable. Because that's all I can really talk about was where he was at that point in time. And mm-hmm. we had had breakfast like any other, you know, get-together we would have. And we were just kind of enjoying this place, you know, for the food and, and whatnot. And mm-hmm. then I got home. I took a nap. And then I was already going to drive back. But I wanted to, um, I think I was getting ready or something like that. And the caregiver called me frantic like your your father is not breathing <laughs> and so I said uh okay call 911 um and and then mind you I had to drive back home so I was a little shaky I didn't know I don't know how I got home mm-hmm. because you had that you know you're shaking you're thinking of you know what, what they can do at that time and you know and whatnot good thing at that time I had a list of dad's meds and and conditions so you know the caregiver could just hand over to that thing but when I got there, they were doing compressions on Dad. And I even walked in and I said, I'm here, Dad. And for some reason, that whole time they were doing compressions, they they got a, um, a pulse. They waited a little bit and they said, uh, let's, let's transport him. He's stable enough to transport. Unfortunately, in the transport, that's when it, you know, um, went down again. And I knew. I knew this was it, you know. Um, but they, he got to the hospital, and I knew Dad didn't want to be intubated because when he had gotten intubated a couple times beforehand, um, by the last one, he's like, well, not a couple times, just uh, I think one time beforehand, he said, I don't want to do this anymore. No more of this. And so I said, do not intubate. And then, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, the, the physician had called it at that point, and so... Yeah, I think that's when my life changed. And so when your mom passed, similar situation, at least she was in home at home too, right? She was at home, but she had expressed to me and my dad already 
um, that she didn't want any resuscitative me- measures. So um, when I got the call from my dad, um, and he said that I called 911, the paramedics are on their way, I said, okay, I'm on my way home. I think I was at the grocery store, like, or picking up food. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I got here, they were just waiting for me because my dad already told them she doesn't want anything, so we'll just let her pass peacefully. And, and that's the thing, too, you know, uh, what we can impart on people out there that have parents, aging parents, or not even aging, but just parents or kids or, or whatnot or, or significant others. It's important to know their plan. It's important to know their wishes. Absolutely. Because as, as next of kin, you have to make that tough decision. As tough as it as it is, it's their decision to make, and you have to be able to enforce that, you know, um, because that's their wishes. And yeah, and you, yeah, and sometimes you don't know when it's going to happen, right. and it can catch you off guard. So at least if you know what your parents want and what their wishes are you're not put in that situation at such a stressful time to just make a decision frantically. Yeah. You can you can rely on the comfort of knowing this is what my parents or my loved one wanted mm-hmm. and I'm going to let everybody know that this is what they wanted. So right. there's not that added stress at that time. Yeah. And so yeah, it made it so much easier right. and and I think it was a good thing because I didn't have to see her in the hospital connected to all the tubing and I didn't yeah. want her to die in a hospital. So Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, um, there's going to be people that are going to have their opinions that, mm-hmm. you know, they think they have the right to opinion. <laughs> you know, you know how that can be. Right. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it doesn't matter. It's what you know your significant other and or, mm-hmm. or immediate relative wanted. That's it. You know, Mm -hmm. you don't have to explain to anyone else. You don't have to, you know, because that's what they wanted. And so with that being said, one step further is you want to put it in legal as much as possible so Mm -hmm. that, you know, there's no issues or concerns later on or what should I have, you know. So at least it's in writing Mm -hmm. and, you know, um, it's by that person, agreed to by that person. So, you know, there's obviously a process that goes on with losing your parent, right? There's the immediate feelings and and things that you are going through when it first happens, and then you have, you know, now, where we are now. And like you said, even after four years, you know, and, and that's not enough time if you think about it, you know. Even I can guarantee you I can talk to somebody who's lost a parent 10, 20 years later, they still feel that emotion of that great loss as if it's still fresh because it always brings you back to that time. Mm -hmm. But what helps is there's things in between that get you through. First off, it feels like you're just getting through it day by day, even hour by hour, then day by day. Then it becomes you get there week to week and then it starts to get longer and longer, uh, being able to cope better. You know, you can never really fully cope, but you can cope better. So, you know, take me along, uh, you know, briefly for you. You don't have to get too detailed as much as you want in terms of how it was in the beginning and then where you are now and what's helped you in between. Um, in the beginning, 
it was hard. Um, I would I would say I agree with you. The day to day, you wake up, you try to find your new routine. Um, you kind of like ask yourself too, like when am I gonna start being and thinking normally? And that's kind of to go back on what you said of, oh, this happened before my mom died and these are the things that happened after. Right. Um, I did a lot of that maybe in the first year. Mm-hmm. And um, I had a lot of family support, I would say, which was super helpful as, as well as my friends. My friends were super supportive. They were always checking in on me. You always checked in on me. Um, and then I took off a month from work, and I would say that that was a good amount of time to just get everything together. Mm-hmm. And it was the time when the holidays were happening, like Thanksgiving and Christmas. So it was like an extra added sadness, I would say. Right. Um, so I took off a month of work. I was really blessed to have a director that let me take off that much time. And once I got back to work um, and started getting back into a routine, that really helped me. Yeah. Because I wasn't at home. I wasn't sulking. I wasn't just thinking about, you know, oh, these are the things that me and my mom used to do when when we would be home. And all my family that came from Australia and the Philippines, they finally went home. And so life just went back to normal. My dad went back to work. I went back to work. Um, I would say a year before my mom passed away, I had been, um, I was online dating and, um, you know, going out and trying to meet other people because I was 25, 26. Mm -hmm. I was 26 when my mom passed away. And... After my mom passed away in February is actually when I met Werner. Yeah. So I kind of, now I look back and I say, there's a reason why I dated for a year and I didn't meet anyone that I really liked. Like I went on dates, but nobody was, nobody stood out to me. Mm-hmm. And in February when I met Werner, I was like, oh, well, this is refreshing. Yeah. So it makes me a little emotional, but I kind of feel like my mom brought Werner to me. And I remember we were saying that we're like, oh, my God, he almost he hits everything that not just you wanted, but. We fi- we felt as the girls because we met him after a while, shortly thereafter. He felt mm-hmm. it felt like he checked off everything, not just what you wanted, but you, what you needed. Mm-hmm. And you know, you and I, I think one of the mornings of our staycation from um, one of our friends's birthday, we were sitting in the um, the pool in the morning. <laughs> Remember, we were mm-hmm. talking about this, and you know, we had we had said like, "This is mom sent, mom and God sent." You know, like she, I and she, I really yeah. really believe that. Yeah, I think I think in some ways, whoever you believe in, you know, for us we believe in God. But if you believe in a higher power, you cannot help but think there is a strong relationship of someone being put in your in your life at the time you would need it, but also at the time that you would need it the most. Mm-hmm. You know, and so um, and since then, you guys have been together. 
thriving as a couple. And yeah, I really do believe Auntie Elsie had something to do with that. I really do think so. I think she said, well, this is the perfect time for you to now focus on yourself. That's right. So I really think that she had a great part in it. Yeah. Yeah, she's probably sitting up there, tapping, you know, patting her your, her shoulders, going, "Yep, I, I did that. <laughs> that's all me." <laughs> I, I'll never forget your mom's personality. She was very, she was, you know, and you you take a large part of her personality, Christine. You know, I remember the first time I met them. She was always so kind and and smiling, and and I see that with you. You know, when you're greeting people, you, you have a smile. And, and she was always, you know, kind of um, dressed to the nines. So, always. Which I see in you. <laughs> so the apple did not fall far from the tree. And know that you're kind of the living, you're the living extension of your mom. And, you know, all the, you know, I try to tell myself that too. I try to get the good things that my parents taught me. And kind of go through it on my own. And of course, I have my own spin on things, right? But the yeah. core of us, the core of us that will never change regardless of our parents being here with us still or not, is still there. And yeah. I, I remember, you know, you're right. The first year you're thinking about the timeline and then, you, you know, those sadness, those sad moments get a little farther in between. But it's crazy because, and, and this is what I'd like to impart on people, is that it can almost hit you, like, out of the blue. Like, yeah. there was no sadness, like, pre- proceeding to it. You could be driving along and you kind of see something that reminded you of, for me, Dad, for you, Mom, you know, and then all of a sudden, you're in waterworks. Yeah. Oh, that happens to me still today. Not yeah. as frequently, but right. just like I remember I would call you and I would be crying on my way to work because I saw a billboard that reminded me of my mom. Right. It's just little things like that. Like you don't expect it to happen. No. But then all of a sudden you get into your head and you start crying. But yeah. Yeah. In the beginning, it's a lot. It but is. As, as time, time really does heal a lot. Yeah, and I think for me, too, what I've kind of incorporated in that is, uh, yes, you know, this is part of the mindfulness I practice is to accept it. Because after, before that, I was like, what is what is wrong with me? I'm, like, driving. I need to focus. Why do I just burst out in tears and whatnot? I remember you calling me and asking me that question. (laughs) Yeah, but it's there's nothing wrong with you. That's what I want to say is that don't try to rationalize and and be hard on yourself. Forgive yourself for the emotions. Accept the emotions. Contemplate it and and let it go. You know, that's the, the mindfulness that I practice with, you know, those kind of emotions as well as other negating emotions, you know. And um, I remember I was telling myself, okay, how can I... You know, I accepted it, but how can I kind of move on from this moment for now? Well, I would kind of remember happy memory <laughs> of dad, you know. I remember there was this time that I was playing music, and I was playing Nelly Furtado, Promiscuous Girl. <laughs> I was playing it on the computer for some reason, and mom and dad were in the room, and mom was, you know, dancing, right? But what surprised me is dad was like, no, 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 no. Not like that, like this. 
and he was really good. Like he was, <laughs> he was dancing almost kind of like a a little bit of a、um, rated G exotic dancer almost. I was laughing. <laughs> I was laughing so hard, and and you know there was a lot of you know funny memories that I had with just me and dad, and you know I I would kind of like when I get sad, I'm like, okay. And then I I kind of think about that and that got me, you know that will get me over that hump as well. So, you know try to you know when those emotions arise, that's what worked for me.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and now I I kind of look back when I get reminders of my mom. I kind of think of them as like she's placing them there. Right. So、yes. like, don't forget about me. Remember this. Yeah. Like little, like little signs, right? Yeah. You know,、um, I, I, you know,、uh, one of my dad's. My dad loved music. That was his thing. I would. I remember when LimeWire and、um, Napster were、uh-huh. around. I don't know. You were kind of too young for that, but no, during, I remember <laughs> during that time when downloading music was a little le- well, okay, legal question mark. <laughs> But I remember, like、um, my computer, my dad would jump on the computer because we had a, the computer in the communal area, and then he would go on the songs, you know. And one of them was Shaggy. Shaggy had some songs, Boombastic, Angel, and、um, it wasn't me. And my dad would be playing those songs, right? <laughs> and it was popular at that time. And I was like, Dad, how do you know about these songs? He's like, Oh, I would see it on Jay Leno. They he played and he played these songs, so he kind of ended up liking them. So it's funny because you could be you listening to the radio wherever you are, and that was an old song, right? Those songs、mm-hmm. were old. That was like early two thousand. Yeah. All of a sudden, it would play on the radio. And I'm like, okay, Dad, <laughs> you're visiting me somehow. Or you're right; it's kind of like little implants of of memories that maybe, you know, hey, I'm here, I'm still around. Yeah, yeah, I, and you, you'll you'll pick up on those. You'll pick up on those signs here and there, and you know. So, and when you are going through this, no, it, it does get better. You know, you can never really fully. A grieve a loss of of a parent, you know, but at the same time, just know it gets a little bit better, and yeah, and and you're right.、Uh, coping mechanisms with、uh, support has been all the difference for me. It was my friends that really got me through it.、Um, family was there, extended family was there, in to the effect they said we're here. But it was my friends that made that extra step to really check in on me. I actually had an aunt who really checked in on me. My aunt Joy, you know, she was able to check in on me and 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 take it one step further. Like, hey, come out, use my place for a respite or whatnot.、And, you know, like she said it and she meant it and she followed up on it. And my friends did that as well.、Uh, they had that extra step that they that they did that you I you know I didn't expect. And it was a welcome thing. You were there、um, when when Dad passed.、Um, I had called up our friends in in San Francisco, our other friends, our other mutual friends, and they flew down that night.、Mm-hmm. You know, and so I was like, oh my goodness! They flew down. They caught they caught the first flight, and then they were there not just for the ceremony, but also like every now you know afterwards. They would check up on me just like you did, and 
support makes all the difference. It really does. Um, and if you don't have the support, that's okay. There's resources out there. There are, you know, websites that have um, grieving for the loss of a parent. There is podcast nowadays that if you know you don't want to attend the meetings or whatnot or any kind of therapy session, counseling sessions. There's, there's means. There's. Did you know there's like um, loss of a parent, dealing with Alzheimer, dementia patients, um, mm. podcasts that are out there, and it's so wonderful to hear every now and then. You can go to that website or a podcast and pick a topic. You know um, that has been all the difference so you don't necessarily you know it's okay if you don't have that immediate support but there are resources and you know they will present themselves you just got to be able to look for them and whatnot mm-hmm. yeah so oh my goodness thank you so much christine oh, <laughs> is there you anything else you me. wanted to add or um uh like an imparting um, outgoing message for them? or um, I mean, you don't have to. I'm just saying I, I don't know if there's anything else because I kind of cut you off too. Um, no, just I just want to share with people. It doesn't have to be a parent. It could be anybody that's close to you. That's right. That is like a parent. Um, loss, is, loss is something that you won't fully understand until you go through it yourself. Right. And a lot of times we tell people, oh, I know what you're going through. I understand. But sometimes you really don't. So it really helps to, like you said, if you don't have someone that's been through what you're going through, to definitely reach out to a support group. Because it kind of, you, when you're able to talk about it with someone that's experienced it, you feel like you're not alone. That's right. And, and when you're dealing with a loss, I think that's when you feel the most alone. No matter if people are reaching out to you or checking up on you, sometimes you can't help but feel like, you know what, well, nobody really knows how I feel because they don't, they're not me. Right. But being able to talk about it, well, at least for me, because I'm a talker <laughs> and I like to share my emotions. I know it's not everyone's coping mechanism, but right. whenever you're ready and, and you're willing to talk about it, I think Definitely doing that with someone that understands what you've been through is probably the biggest helper in the situation. Right. Friend, you are the best. Thank you so much for your time, your your vulnerability, and your experience, you know, uh, your own personal experience. I, I hope this reaches out to anyone who needs it and who... Um, even if you don't need it, you know, even if it's something you're kind of wondering about, you know, try to see the difference of listening to it before this happens and after this happens. And then it's probably going to be a different experience each time. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Christine. I love you. Oh, thank you, thank no, you no, for joining. You so thank you for joining me. Thank you, everyone, for joining me on JoJo's Journey. Um, until I reach out again, this is JoJo and Christine. Bye, guys. Have a wonderful weekend and a great week ahead. From JoJo's Journey, this is JoJo. Bye-bye. Waiting.